0: Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypannuccio.com forward slash act. And because we're approaching three years of Writer Unleashed being on the airwaves, this is usually the time I do a little retrospective of past episodes. And I curated seven of my most popular episodes from the past year. These cover everything from deeper character development to plot to story openings and structure to how to think like a published author and what mindsets can help you go the distance with your writing and stay motivated for the long term. Writer Unleashed is for you Now that it's officially summer in the Northeast, we just kicked it off this weekend, my kid's prom is come and gone, he's on the cusp of final exams, and finally, finally, life is slowing down, at least for a bit. It's safe to say I can put my sweaters away, although we've had a few chilly days and nights here on the mountaintop. And because we're approaching three years of Writer Unleashed being on the airwaves, this is usually the time I do a little retrospective of past episodes. And I curated seven of my most popular episodes from the past year. These cover everything from deeper character development to plot to story openings and structure to how to think like a published author, and what mindsets can help you go the distance with your writing and stay motivated for the long term. Now, often writers will email me with questions and I answer all of your emails, even if it takes me a few days or more. Sometimes after I've replied to one of your emails, I think of an episode that I wish I'd included. So think of this as your summer playlist. I've pulled clips from each of these seven episodes. So have a listen, pick and choose which episodes you feel like, yeah, that episode can really help me right now. Or maybe you've heard these already or some of these, and you may want to listen to one or two of these episodes again to really let it sink in. I'll also link to all of these episodes in the show notes on my website so that you can have quick and easy access. So let's get right to it. First up, episode one hundred: five five common plot problems you can avoid. If you've ever felt like no matter how much time you spend on your plot and your story is just not coming together, This episode is for you. In this episode, I talk about five common plot problems that can derail your story. This could be too much action or not enough, or the plot is overly complicated. There's no logical cause and effect. We talk about what cause and effect actually is in this episode. And sometimes the ending doesn't culminate in a way that feels simultaneously surprising and inevitable. So in this episode, I share five common plot problems you can totally avoid. You'll learn techniques to help you fix the plot holes or avoid them completely. And this will help you know what's relevant in your story, what you can cut, and what you can develop more deeply. That's episode 100, Five Common Plot Problems You Can Avoid. Here's a clip. Story is about change, and we're all hardwired to avoid it. Given the option, most of us would just keep the status quo. Avoid disruptions, avoid complications, avoid confrontation, avoid our own transformation. Transformation. Until something happens and we're forced to deal with it, we're forced to confront and overcome our own limiting beliefs, fears, misconceptions, etc. So number one, choose one core problem your protagonist must solve. Maybe it's how to survive an illness. Maybe it's to avoid going to prison. Maybe it's how to survive the death of a spouse. Maybe it's to slay the dragon or the shark. Maybe it's catching the killer before he kills the girl trapped in his basement. Maybe it's getting the girl to love him. Maybe it's saving his marriage. So you want one concrete goal, one definable problem that will put your protagonist's inner battles to the test. Okay, next up, episode 107, How to Write a Short Story in Three Easy Steps. This was the most downloaded episode to date, and that surprised me because the majority of my listeners are writing novels or memoir. But short stories are a great training ground for writing longer stories because they use conflict as an organizing structure. It's easier to see in a short story how conflict gains weight and intensity as a story progresses. And this is great practice for writing chapters or individual scenes. It's great training for bringing conflict to a novel and letting it build over time. In this episode, I talk about the difference between novels and short stories. You'll get a working definition of what a short story is, and you'll also get common mistakes that both short story writers and novelists make. I talk about what we mean by conflict and the misunderstanding most writers have about how to get conflict on the page. Here's a clip. So you want to trap A and B together. To borrow Anne Lamott's analogy, you want to put these two characters alone in an elevator and get the elevator stuck, metaphorically, of course, not literally. So these are two opposing characters or two opposing forces that do not want to be together, They do not want to occupy the same space. In fact, they'd be very happy to avoid one another. So now they're alone together in an elevator, and the elevator gets stuck. They're forced to deal with one another. So they'll fight. Again, not literally fight, but they'll fight. They'll argue. They'll rest. They'll fight. Sometimes A will have the upper hand. Then B will have the upper hand, they may call a truce so they can get out of the stuck elevator together. But you want to imagine putting A and B into a situation where they're forced to resolve their conflict one way or the other. On to our third most popular episode, 108, Three Things Published Authors Do Differently. In this episode, I pull back the curtain on three ways published authors approach their writing and the mindsets they bring to their work. It's not that they have more talent or more time, it's all in how they approach their craft. We talk about why talent isn't enough and what you need to cultivate instead, and then I talk about three fatal mistakes that eventually cause writers to burn out and quit. I talk about the importance of seeking qualified feedback and how to implement that feedback and how to set clear, achievable goals that keep you inspired and motivated for the long term. Here's a clip. So if you think of your ideal vision of your story as the horizon line and you keep moving towards that horizon line, well, that horizon line keeps moving away. It's not really there. It's not concrete. However, if we look back, we see how far we've traveled in pursuit of that horizon. Well, now we feel a lot better because we can only see our progress by looking back. We can't see it by looking forward. Now, so many of us quit things we're initially passionate about because we're measuring where we are now as an aspiring writer as an aspiring dancer musician etc we're measuring where we are now against our ideal vision the horizon that means you're working in the gap when you measure against your original idea you don't see your progress you don't see how much you've actually achieved if you measure forward toward your ideal you're going to be discouraged by how far you have left to go because ultimately the ideal is a constantly moving target and it's not achievable because it's not even concrete. The key to staying inspired and motivated to go the distance is to look backward to your starting point and measure from there to where you are now. That way you can see all the growth you've made. So you want to focus on the gain. Published authors stay out of the gap and they focus on the gain. The goal is an achievable destination. So make your goals smaller and more specific. Specific goals could be, I'm going to work on this particular scene or series of scenes today. I'm going to work on shaping this scene, giving it a clear intention and structure. Or, today I'm going to work on sculpting my opening paragraphs sentence by sentence. Progress happens in increments. It doesn't happen in big leaps. So, give yourself some grace here. Give yourself some credit. Okay, next up, episode 110, Three Powerful Ways to Show Character Emotion. This is by far one of the biggest challenges writers face. And there are three ways writers struggle. The emotion is either too obvious, too excessive, or the emotion is so close to the vest, we don't see any emotion at all, and we don't feel it. It is very challenging to get strong emotions on the page convincingly. So in this episode, I break down three techniques to help you bring more layered, subtle, and potent emotions to your pages so that it feels not just believable to the reader, but moving. The trick is not to tell us how your character feels, but to evoke emotions in your reader, to make your reader feel what your character feels. Here's a clip every character has a lens through which he or she looks at the world. And you can think of that lens as a two-way viewfinder, a view to the outside world itself, but also to their inner soul. So when we think of our own emotions, it's not just what happens, it's how we interpret what happens. So a great way to convey emotion is to identify not just what your character sees, but how those things actually look to him or her. So if your character is in the hospital when a loved one dies, how might that hospital look in this moment of agonizing loss? What would this person notice? Now, the hospital would look a lot different if this character just had a baby. So a great exercise is to try to describe a room from the perspective of a man whose son has just died. Don't mention the death. Then describe the same room from the perspective of a man whose wife has just given birth to a healthy baby boy. Don't mention the birth. Now, characters' emotions arise from how they interpret what's happening, not from the event itself. So your goal isn't to tell us how they feel, but to convey their experience. Okay, next up is episode 118. Before you outline, three core foundations to build first. When it comes to structuring your story, there's really no one way to do it. Some writers wing it all the way. Others craft meticulous outlines before they write. There's no right or wrong way to do this. But I see many writers who have this beautiful outline and then they still can't write the story. They still struggle with writing it. What's often missing in the I'll-just-wing-it approach and even in the most detailed outlines are essential foundations that make the story work, that make it easier to write. In this episode, I explore three foundational elements to explore before you outline. If you're a pantser, you'll love the exploratory nature of these foundations. And if you're a plotter, you'll build a deeper, richer, stronger outline. Here's a clip. Your story's setting, meaning time and place, can be just as important as your characters. Readers need to feel a sense of where things are happening, just as much as they want to know why they're happening. So they need to feel grounded. Get to know your setting intimately. Do as much research as you need to, even if it's a real place you've lived or visited, you still need to do some research for essential details. You want your setting to be vivid in your mind. If your story is set in the real world, find photos, YouTube videos, descriptions, any materials you can gather to add texture to your setting. For example, if your novel is set at a prep school during a particular time period, Find as much information, both written and visual, about prep schools during that time. What kind of uniforms did students wear? What rules were set in place? How strict was it? What kind of fraternity or sorority groups were there? You want to picture your setting in your mind and write down as much detail as you can. Go for sensory details, everything from how the place looks and sounds, to how it might smell, taste, or feel. Okay, on to number six, episode 124, how to hook readers in your first paragraph. You wanna create an opening that draws the reader in, establishes the voice of your main character, and entices your reader to want more. Whether it's an agent, a publisher, or the person browsing Barnes & Noble, your reader will likely make the decision to keep reading based on your opening paragraph. So you want to make that introduction as enticing as possible, something the reader hooks into that refuses to let him or her go. In this episode, I walk you through how to hook your reader in your opening paragraph. I cover four types of story openings that capture the reader's attention and have them wanting more. Here's a clip. So there's this before and after. We know that this defining moment changes everything. It changes their world, it changes their relationship. Now, this is summary. It's very specific, though. So the details give necessary life to the summary. You probably didn't even notice that it was summary. But by now, we already have some expectations brewing. We expect that this tragedy is going to lead to some kind of trouble in the marriage, even some kind of fracture. And we want to know how this couple survives this unimaginable loss. So opening number one, a single defining event. This is very effective when you're writing about trauma. So it's the moment of impact. And then the rest of the story tries to make sense of what it all meant and what kind of meaning can be derived from that earlier upheaval. Okay, last but not least, episode 128. Three mindset shifts to make your writing dream a reality. If I had to pick one thing that stops writers in their tracks, and even sometimes give up writing altogether, is fear. Fear of not being good enough, fear of being judged and rejected. Maybe your greatest fear is that you'll let yourself down. You know, we all have those fears, but it doesn't have to stop you. In this episode, I'm dismantling four common fears that keep writers stuck. Then we'll replace those fears with mindset shifts to get you unstuck. So you can shift your writing from dream to reality. Here's a clip. So we tend to catastrophize failure. But failure is just you tried something and it didn't work. That's all it is. You know, toddlers fall down when they're learning to walk and they get right back up. They're not saying, oh, gosh, I'll never learn to walk. This is as far as I'm going to go. They smile. They get right back up. They fall again. But here's the thing. When they fall and get back up, they're building muscle and strength, they're building muscle and strength that makes it possible for them to eventually walk. So falling down makes them strong enough to walk. So if we never fell down, we would never have learned to walk. And there really is no such thing as failure. It's just you building muscle and strength. So there you have it seven of the most popular episodes of Writer Unleashed. I'll have links to each of these episodes over at nancypinuccio.com forward slash summer playlist. NancyPanuccio.com forward slash summer playlist. Thanks so very much for listening. If you know a writer who can benefit from one or two of these episodes, please share. I'd be so grateful. Either drop them a link or share it on social. I'll see you next time with a brand new episode. Till then, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.